0: Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajin. Purple Mafia is available on the sportsstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Did you miss me? <laughs> Did you miss me? It's kind of been a long hiatus, hasn't it? It's like, where do I even go? Busy schedule? You know, the same old story, right? Seven days a week, and then, and then six days a week, and then this and that, and then certain days off, the wife wants to do this or that, or... I get stuck doing something else, or I'm not feeling good, or she's not feeling good. You know, it's always something, right? But here I am once again to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and state of the Vikings. I'm sorry it took so long. <laughs> it's before the draft. It's way before the draft. I might even have another specific draft show, like a, a second draft show per se, to come up uh, sometime in April if I'm if I'm available to do it. Of course, you got lawn cleanups. I'm swear this is my final season doing it. I I think so. I think I can do my Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, tour, you know, wrap up the year. I hope I'm not going to be wrapping up my knees and ankles as much as him, but maybe my ankles, but not my knees, thank God. But (laughs) enough of that. Just saying if I disappear again for a while, but I'm going to do my best to get back on here, hopefully to get one more draft show in. Uh, As for Sebastian, well, I wanted to have him on as a, uh, you know, quote-unquote, uh, well, yeah, quote-unquote, well, of course, like, quote-unquote, live guest, you know what I mean, you know, or us together talking, like, you know, interacting together, but we had to do the audio submission route, that's like I hinted at before, schedule's just too crazy, um, when he's available to record, I'm not available type of thing, or my wife would be sleeping type of thing, and that's like, I might be available, my wife is sleeping, it's not like before when I wasn't married, that type of thing, but, We'll figure things out in the future, I think, to get together on. So, Sebastian, segment number two is all Sebastian. Uh, be forewarned, extremely k- explicit. So, if there's kids around, be careful on that. I just got to tell you, <laughs> Sebastian, a little potty mouthish in that second segment. So, I'll probably warn you again. <laughs> but if you're okay with it, that's fine. And it's very good, very informative, uh, very opinionated as well, which I tend to be most of the time. You're on Purple Mafia as well. In fact, 99.9% of the time, yes. Because we just don't care if you don't like it, damn it, right? <laughs> no. All right. So it's state of the Vikings 2016. We usually start with a brief year review, very brief and such. The team exceeded ex- expectations ultimately in terms of winning the division. I did pick them to go 11 and five, if I remember correctly. I might have said 10 and six, but I believe I went with 10. no. I did go 10 and six, so they slightly exceeded expectations, finishing 11 and five and won the NFC North, which is absolutely fantastic. Not a soul complaining about that. Um, that's really awesome. Uh, Stefan Diggs emerged very nicely, even though Teddy Bridgewater had the least pass attempts for any full-time starting NFL quarterback. Uh, it's like, sure, that's what happens when you have Adrian Peterson and such, but you don't want to get that reliant on one guy because then eventually you're going to get the whole two yards in a cloud of dust and all that good stuff. you got to keep the defense honest. Norv Turner, hopefully going to mix things up a bit more. And, of course, uh, like you'll hear on Sebastian, and like I did mention on the last show as well, long time ago now, (laughs) that there's three head coaches on the staff, of course, you got head coach Mike Zimmer, you have former head coaches in Pat Shermer, and of course, Tony Sperano, who was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins for a while, and the Oakland Raiders, where they had them, you know, like, bury everything in this hole, you know, that type of thing. A little silly, but, well, it is what it is. Raiders didn't necessarily get much better after that either, did they? But, well... (laughs) Let's just move on from that. It doesn't really matter right now. Hopefully, he'll be a very nice offensive line coach. The Vikings certainly focusing on the offensive line. We'll get back to that very shortly. Adrian Peterson did return from the whole, you know, spanking gate, whatever, and led the NFL in rushing once again. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, late in the year, got a chance to once again show his value to, 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 to the long term, to this team long term, I, I think. Uh, ultimately, he's the kind of guy who can actually catch a ball, you know, like catch a ball and make some moves and such. You know, like make some jukes and hopefully not fumble it. I don't really see him fumbling the ball. You finally saw Adrian Gears catching the ball against the Seattle Seahawks. Here we go. We're going to get down the field. We're going to run the clock. We're going to score a a touchdown, wrap this thing up, and the son of a bitch fumbles. See, now there I go. Since Sebastian swore, I guess I will too. He fumbled. Yeah, again, you know. Same old story, right? Thank you very much. Thank you very bleeping. Much. It was an extremely fun season. Great defense. Harrison Smith was outstanding. Everson Griffin, outstanding. You know, And and it's tough to pick up an MVP. I don't want to give it to Adrian because I think he had the ball too much. You know, that type of thing. I think we relied on him too much, per se. And maybe that does mean he's the most viable player and all that. But I think Jack McKinnon can fill that role in a nice way. Um, Ultimately, my most viable player, because obviously we get to that right here, right now, is Harrison Smith. Uh, When he went out for, it was like DEF CON. It was like DEF CON 1 out there until you saw the other Harris out there playing some nice uh, safety for the Vikings in replacement. But um remember when I was crying out for help and such from backups because Harrison Smith was out. he standing stand on in there, injured on the sidelines. The Vikings were screwed. Uh, Carr also was, was hurt. And. Uh, Anthony Barr. What am I calling him? Carr. <laughs> Anthony Barr. What the hell? <laughs> it's just coming out funny. Anthony Barr. I'm getting him mixed up with, the, yeah, you know the, the Raiders over there, Raider quarterback. But uh, Anthony Barr being out and all that, and Harrison Smith stuff like that. It just would drive you crazy. A big loss, and it killed it. It was in it was in a Seattle game. The Vikings got killed. I think Harrison Smith is going to get the MVP for this. Adrian's like a. You know, he's like a co-MVP in terms of, yeah, he led the NFL in rushing. So maybe you kind of have to give it to him too. But I am give it to Harrison Smith ultimately because losing him is like pretty bad for that secondary. It just kills the secondary. And you saw, <coughs> you saw the likes of Russell Wilson just tear the Vikings up in a huge way. In so many ways, running and all that stuff. Because obviously Harrison Smith's not afraid to get dirty and do a little run-stopping as well. Biggest surprise for the season going to Stefan Diggs. Um, mid, mid- to late-round pick, and what a, what a nice a player he ended up being. There was all kinds of possibilities that he was the steal of the draft. He was this possible guy that the Vikings may have picked up here that might end up being something in the league. He looks pretty damn good out there. Uh, wound up with a, over 700 yards, only four touchdowns, though. That's what happens partially when your quarterback has the least attempts in the NFL. So hopefully you're going to get a little more Stefan Diggs this year. Who knows what's going to happen? With the draft, we're going to talk extensively about that very shortly. With how many receivers, <laughs> one of five, at least five, the big five, so to speak, could be coming to Minnesota. One of them could be coming here. Most mock drafts, the Vikings taking a receiver, like it or not, uh, it just kind of is what it is. Of course, Mike Wallace being gone, if he was resigned and restructured and all that, the then maybe you're going in a different direction. But obviously, we're not probably going to be going at the O line either because of the signings that we're going to talk about in a minute here. I'm just bouncing everywhere already, but that's how it goes. And you have a state of the Vikings. There's a million things to get to. But uh, ultimately, Diggs, just a wonderful uh, wonderful surprise for us here in Minnesota. We have a number one receiver, hopefully, as long as he's not called for taunting. He gets a little bit too excited sometimes, just a little bit. Uh, it's okay to get excited, but maybe kind of share it with your teammates some more. Don't be like Steph Curry. You know, don't be making it all about you. Yeah, that's why I don't like Steph Curry. Now, now I'm bringing it over to Pro Mafia, but Vince Germano is just going to kick my ass right now, doesn't he? Uh, speaking of Vince Germano, the Cleveland Browns uh, acquired, see, this is, you know, we can go off topic into, the, into that as well. Cleveland Browns <laughs> getting RG3, Robert Griffin third. did they get it right this time? Who knows? He's a big name, obviously. Can he stay healthy? Who knows? And of course, the stupid uh, Johnny Football, Johnny Menzel, ends up just getting cut and all that, and they're like, the hell with him. So, who knows if he's going to resurface. He's going to have to really straighten things out. I still think he could be a good NFL quarterback if he'd straighten things out. But how many guys in the past were, well, troublemakers and such, problem childs, and they didn't straighten things out. Like the Lawrence Phillipses and so many more. They just never do, some of them. And hopefully Manziel isn't one of those. Ryan Leaf, all that. Uh, Biggest disappointment. Well, the injuries to the offensive line are a disappointment. Um, Sebastian made a good interesting comment when we get to the fan interaction much later in segment number three about how, how could the old line be a disappointment when they've sucked for four years. I get that. Totally. Uh, the injuries were disappointing, though. So I'll go with that. That's kind of an kind of off-player thing. It's kind of a generalizing deal. But Mike Wallace is a humongous disappointment. And the chemistry between Mike Wallace and Teddy Bridgewater was a huge disappointment. Bridgewater overthrows Wallace. And other times, Wallace can't can't uh, catch up, or Bridgewater underthrows Wallace. It's just like one or the other. He underthrows Wallace, overthrows Wallace, this, that, and that. That's where the frustration came in, and that's where some people at times like to call Teddy Bridgewater a backup quarterback, because his accuracy drops dramatically after a certain range, but it improved dramatically during the later stages of the season, giving us hopes that he really, truly is a... Uh, Long-term quarterback for this team, a upper echelon, uh, top third of the league quarterback, we'll say. That type of thing, top of the third of the league starting quarterback, and then you go from there. But he made the Pro Bowl, though, just like Alex Boone, right? <laughs> or was it <laughs> the other guy? Yep. Oh, boy, Andre Smith, yep, they made the Pro Bowl, you know what I'm saying? So, But we all know what the Pro Bowl can be. It's not quite what it used to be, but still, it's an honor, and it's a wonderful thing, and Bridgewater was good in that game. Mike Wallace, the disappointment, Harrison Smith, MVP, biggest surprise, Stefan Diggs. And ultimately, Wallace, as we wrap up the brief year review, and yes, it's brief because we got other stuff to get to. Uh, Wallace was cut, of course, after being unable to uh, renegotiate his contract because he just didn't want to because he's a SOB, right? He makes a stupid comment about needing a real quarterback because he signed with the uh, Baltimore Ravens and Joe Flacco. Uh, Flacco's a good quarterback. He's got a good arm, but Wallace, come on, man. Did you have to say that? Was that really necessary? And then, of course, he does the old flip-flop, and you'll hear Sebastian rant about that in segment number two. Mm, Sebastian did a pretty good job of it, so maybe I'll leave that alone. (laughs) So we segue into, into free agency. Let's do that. Well, free agency. Hmm. Where do we go from here, right? Well, we just get to the offensive line, don't we? Top priority. Minnesota Vikings signed 49ers guard Alex Bruin to four years, and he really wanted to play here. This is the team he wanted to come to uh, for a while now. Uh, He was hoping to play outside in TCF Bank Stadium, but that's just not going to happen. But you'll still see the sunlight shining through that huge, massive amount of glass, and you'll get some, hopefully some nice breeze coming in through those big, giant doors. Not as big as they were going to be originally, damn it. But they'll be big, and you'll get some nice October, September, and maybe even a warm November breeze coming in, if there's some, because there are some warm November days. We all know that. You get the sunny period, then you get that damn rain when it's like 40 degrees and it stinks and it's raw and it sucks. But yeah, you won't have open doors on those days. I, I, I don't think, but you get the idea. But you'll see the nice gray, uh, you see the nice gray sky kind of seeping through the glass, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, thank you for thank you for this. Uh, Minnesota signing offensive guard. Alex Boone, who will be left guard. He'll be playing alongside Mr. Matt Khalil. Very good. Hopefully he can make Khalil look a little better out there, help him out. That would be a big deal. And tackle Andre Smith, who will compete. He was a one-year deal for him, by the way. Four years for Alex Boone. One-year deal for Andre Smith to compete with Phil Lodeholt with the Achilles injury at Right tackle. Don't be surprised to see Andre Smith win the job. Maybe even Phil Lodehall retires or he'll have to settle for a backup role. We'll see what happens. Or if Andre Smith is a huge disappointment, well, maybe that's why they stand him for one year. That type of thing. But there is is an approach here. There is a goal to improve that offensive line because you give Teddy more time to throw the ball, the Vikings will be a much better team. Uh, If Teddy was able to throw the football against Arizona, that'd be nice. But of course, the play was set up not very well. I guess they're very good Arizona defense. It was one of those type of things where you're going to run out of time regardless. If you have... um, Unless you have like the best offensive line ever and Arizona's defense wasn't even trying. But unfortunately, that just simply wasn't the case. Uh, Two special teams slash depth linebackers have been signed. Travis Lewis from Detroit and Emmanuel Lamour, two years from Cincinnati. That, of course, uh, Mike Zimmer's old club. The Zimmer understudy. That's nice to have around. Veteran safety Michael Griffin also signs for one year out of Tennessee. He's got a he's had a nice solid career with Tennessee. Nothing super special, but he's a he's at least <laughs> he's at least a piece. He can help out, of course, with the loss coming up here. We'll talk about that. But a guy we won't be gonna be missing too much in Robert Blanton. Nobody's gonna miss him too much. Michael Griffin probably at this moment is the starter. We'll see what happens in the draft though. Sebastian's gonna talk about that some more too, along with me. Brian Leonhart Leon Hart from San Francisco tight end added to the roster as well. So many tight ends on this team already. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, a depth pick. We'll uh, depth pick, maybe competition in the preseason, all that, and all the way back into April and such, which we're already almost in April, if you can believe it. Returning free agents, Marcus Scherrows has been signed for two years. Ellison Asiata. Terrence Newman is back for a year. And defensive end, Justin Tratu has returned to the Vikings. Yes, Justin Tratu. I love that name. Of course, it sounds more French, probably, but... Justin Radu. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Free agent department. Little departments. That's cute. Free agent departures. Josh Robinson off to Tampa Bay. Well, happy trails, Josh. Um, yeah, uh, this was kind of under the radar a bit. You didn't really even hear about it. But Josh Robinson, you know, the cornerback. Josh Robinson taken in the third round not that long ago. Happy trails, Josh. Uh, that's it. Sit Off to Tampa Bay. Robert Blanton, happy trails to you as well. Off to Buffalo, he'll probably get cut. But no, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be starting for that Buffalo defense. Somehow I don't think so, but watch. No, if Mike Zimmer couldn't get Robert Blanton to play at a higher level. uh, I'm not really a fan of that. uh, Not really a big fan, no. Not a, not a big fan of Rex Ryan, really, to be quite honest with you. trying not to cough to death here. Sorry about the clicking noises. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Demarcus Van Dyke, barely knew him, off to Atlanta. He's a safety. And, of course, Mike Wallace to Baltimore. Yes. So that's about it. That's free agency for the time being. Free agency is not going to win you a Super Bowl, but it can help you add pieces and, and fill holes, add depth, that type of deal. The way you win a Super Bowl is through what? That would be the NFL Draft. At least most of the time, right? <laughs> Even the Patriots who make nice smart free agent signings, well they make really intelligent draft picks that uh well build the foundation of the franchise, don't they? They they just do, don't they? So shall we segue into El Drafto? Let's get on with it. Josh Doxon out of TCU, six foot two, two hundred and two pounds. Appears to be the guy most experts have going at number 23 would be the first big corner, you know, like the back corner in the end zone, the red zone type of deal. The big corner receiver who this team has lacked since Randy Moss. Some people say (laughs) Sidney Rice. I say Randy Moss. Screw Sidney Rice, man. Though, no, he did make some nice leaping touchdowns and stuff. But Doxson is a really, really damn good athlete. Incredible leaping ability. Will score many classic NFL red zone touchdowns. Yes, he will. DeAndre Hopkins-ish, but kind of reminds me at times... When he when he catches and goes with his speed and his and his leaping ability in the back corner of Larry Fitzgerald, now don't come at me with your hate mail and your spewing and stuff, thinking I'm way overselling the guy because I'm not. I'm just saying he has similarities to Larry Fitzgerald. Not saying he's the next Larry Fitzgerald, but he has similarities. Okay, now that I've bounced on that enough, Laquan Treadwell out of Ole Miss, six two, two twenty one. He looks like he's six he looks like he's six ten and like three hundred. But <laughs> what's funny though is his style of play, but I suppose it's because he's not very fast. Uh he's an in betweenish underneath type of receiver. He has quick feet though. He can turn around really nice. He's kinda like a slower Stefan Diggs where he's he's good in traffic. He's good at catching the ball in traffic like Stephon Diggs. And the and the change you know, changing directions like Stefan Diggs. But then that's it. Uh he has the he's like that media that in betweenish type receiver where He's not like he's not like a Percy Harvin, where he's up the middle all the time, but he's also not way in the back corner or in the sidelines like a Josh Doxson could be potentially. Though Doxson can be good in the middle too. Uh, Doxson's a nice receiver. I, I like him a lot. Um Treadwell, though, you'll hear Sebastian really rant about this guy. Cover your ears, kids. Cover your ears when he talks about this guy. <laughs> yes, I listened to it before I recorded, so so I can at least know what I'm getting, know what I'm going into here. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's a he is slow, uh without a doubt, but he can catch the ball for the most part and his turning ability is nice. Don't I'm not sure he's the guy that that I would take at this uh t- at this stage. Uh he ran a 465 40. That's not good. That's slow for a receiver. Um kind of lumbering out there. Not the worst guy ever though. I mean, it wouldn't I wouldn't take him at 23, but if let's just say if I was in the second round in the middle the second round and we hadn't taken a receiver yet, Uh, okay, but I suppose he doesn't really fit the need that the Vikings have, because Diggs is like a faster, smaller, faster version, you know, of what Treadwell would bring, smaller, faster, and all that. Treadwell might have, like, a little more overall talent, per se, but Diggs, uh... Long-term future in the NFL could be brighter than Treadwell's ultimately. We'll see what happens at that one. When you already have Diggs, I don't think you're going to be taking Treadwell. You want somebody different like Doxon or possibly Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, number three here, six foot three. He's much taller than he looks. Uh, he's really quick. <laughs> I mean really quick out of Ohio State. Obviously, the Ohio State, a team with national championship credibility and all that. One of the greatest uh, college, uh, programs in, 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 in history, in football history there, college football history, pardon me, uh, he's the classic yet much larger version of Percy Harvin slash Keenan McCardell, up the middle, shifty receiver, not afraid of contact, will be very productive in the NFL, without a doubt, an interesting possible scenario for the Vikings here, um, he could be, he, he, he's, he's definitely been gaining some serious steam, but he, again, is he too similar to Diggs? Would, would, is he too similar to Diggs compared to like taking Josh Doxson, who is more of like the the red zone type of wide receiver? The classic red zone type of receiver who, who will score a trillion touchdowns in this league. That's the thing with him. Michael Thomas, though, possibly. Uh, Keenan McCardell has had a lot of success in the NFL with those... Uh, I think I'm using the wrong word here, ultimately. Keenan Allen. I, I keep calling him Keenan McCardell. Keenan Allen. What the hell? Yeah, I'm getting him mixed up with the old Jaguar. Keenan Allen. That's why. Uh, very shifty with the, uh, San Diego Chargers. He's had a long career. I can't believe I threw in McCardo. I can't believe that. I apologize. Uh, very shifty guy, though, has had some serious success with the San Diego Chargers. Of course, he has a good quarterback and Phillips and all that, but still, um, I think uh, Michael Thomas will have a very successful career in the NFL. His draft team is all over the place, second round, all the way up to the mid-first round. He could go anywhere. Uh, somebody's going to really like him and take him early, just like uh, Keenan Allen went pretty high, remember. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Ultimately, you can also remember Trevon Austin, a couple of years ago as well, went way too high. <laughs> so, <laughs> But he's also a lot shorter than Michael Thomas. Austin certainly not very successful with the St. Louis-Los Angeles Rams. We did talk about that on an earlier show as well. Uh, Corey Coleman, 5'11", 194 out of Baylor. He's short, he's fast, he's a great athlete, but does he translate to the NFL? It's hard to say. And not overly impressed to take him in the first round. Ultimately, again, also a very simple offense in Baylor is another uh, knock on him uh, from many experts out there. I'm not overly impressed. Uh, he's the kind of guy that gets slipped to the second, third round. I think so. Somebody will probably take him higher. Watch again, Cravon Austin. There you go. Right. <laughs> will Fuller out of Notre Dame, six foot one, eighty-six. He's he's another shorter kind of. He's pretty thin also, one eighty-six. Yeah, very skinny guy. Um, he was number two in Notre Dame's all-time touchdown list, so that's nice overall. Uh, Twenty yards per catch, very fast. Maybe would uh, steal CP eighty-four. That means Cordell Patterson uh, doom. If he could also return kicks with his speed, give him space. See, ultimately, give him space, and he's very dangerous. Uh, He's a very dangerous north-south runner. He could go all the way, but in traffic, he's fairly easy to bring down and capable of ultimately (laughs) making making back corner touchdowns and all that, but lacks the leaping ability that Doxon has. He's just not that special, and Sebastian, again, is going to rip this guy a new one as well. Because Sebastian likes to do that. If he doesn't love somebody, he rips the hell out of him. Like, I'm I'm lucky he doesn't, uh, I'm lucky he loves me because he would rip the hell out of me otherwise, wouldn't he? That Purple Mafia, that Joey, is the most effing blankety blank, stupid effing moron, right? <laughs> Maybe he does stay behind, I don't know, I hope not. But, no, uh, I don't want, <clears throat> no, I I do not want, uh, I'm the, <laughs> I do <laughs> I ultimately do not want Will Fuller out of Notre Dame for the Vikings. Unless he's like second, third round. But I don't know if I want to take a receiver there, ultimately. Unless, of course, you don't take any receivers. You know what I mean? But I don't don't know. Fuller's going to end up going somewhere else. And good luck to him. I don't see him as a Viking. Uh, Ultimately, the Zimmer factor could go for another corner or linebacker if available. If available. Eli Apple, 6'1", 199 out of Ohio State. Sebastian doesn't see him as a first-round talent. I do, Um, but that's okay. It's, It's all a difference of opinion. Some drafts have him going all the way up to, like, 15, 13 to the Miami Dolphins. I think that's too high a little bit, but I do like him. I do like him, and say if Doxon's gone and other guys that we've wanted that the Vikings may be targeting aren't available, Eli Apple is a very possible pick, again, with Josh Robinson gone. Why not take uh an Eli Apple kind of kind of a guy? He he's very he, he's a very large guy, six foot one as well. Just imagine him teaming up with Rhodes closed over there, Xavier Rhodes. Just imagine him teaming up with him, Uh very capable ball hawk and not afraid to get physical and run stop a la Antoine Winfield in the run stopping department because Winfield wasn't really a ball hawk, didn't get a whole lot of interceptions. Uh, the other guy, McKinsey Alexander, five ten. One ninety really does remind me, actually, of Winfield in the in the well. He reminds me. I mean, he's a great pass deflector. Ultimately, uh, tons of pass deflections. Not a ball hawk. Uh, he gets a couple interceptions here and there. That's where the Winfield, right? He'll get only a couple. But the pass deflections are crazy, and he sticks to his man very well. Not a perfect guy ultimately, but you're not going to get a perfect cornerback late in the first round. the 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 great cornerbacks are going to go super early. Or they're going to slip and fall like Mr. Big Mouth of Seattle and others. They're going to slip and fall. People aren't going to know. People aren't going to know who they're taking, and it's too late. And then, bam! This guy's end up being ten times better than every than all these other guys. The late round cornerback, late first round cornerbacks, can be very, very good. They can be mediocre. It depends. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander's one of those kind of guys who could be really good and he could be really mediocre. Really like his ball, uh, his pass deflections and such, but ultimately, will will his. Uh, speed, and his coverability translate to the National Football League, maybe, hopefully. Eli Apple, I think, is the kind of guy that could really uh, set the tone for this defense, and I think he would fit very well with Mike Zimmer and the ball hawk, and could really generate some uh, wonderful uh, <laughs> opportunities for this franchise, getting those takeaways, and can help you win a Super Bowl with when you have a guy like that to go along with, you know, the Harrison Smiths and Xavier Rhodes and, and many others. Eli Apple, Harrison Smith, uh, Xavier Rhodes, hmm that's a nice combination, I think. Cody Whitehair, six foot hundred one, Kansas State, was a guy that a lot of us had at one point. But with the change and uh, but with the moves in free agency, that changes things here. Cody Whitehair is a guard. He's not a tackle in the NFL. He's he's very good, but that's his position. He's a guard. Uh, you don't want to mess around too much putting a guy at a position that's probably not his. You know what I mean? That type of deal. Cody White here, unlikely to come to the Vikings at that pick, but you never know. Uh, you never know. They still might do it, though I doubt it. That's, I think it's probably going to end up being Dachshund. maybe Eli Apple, if, if he's there. Who knows? Somebody might jump on Eli Apple real early, like some of these experts select, or Doxon might go real early. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think if Doxon's there, the Vikings will take it. ultimately. that's my that's my belief at this point. Leonard Floyd, an extremely good linebacker from Georgia. A few mocks have him sliding to the Vikings, but very few, ultimately, probably too good to fall to number 23. He is a fantastic pass rusher, and he's very fast, Uh, really like Leonard Floyd. The Vikings already have two good linebackers, that's the other thing, um, does that, I mean, does somebody have to, (laughs) does Kendrick already have to be a backup? I don't know about that, or would Floyd have to come in as a backup? In fact, well, at the beginning, he most likely would, but I don't know, I, I don't know if you need to go linebacker at this stage, uh... Unless you replace Greenway, of course. Ultimately, Leonard Floyd could help replace Greenway. Greenway's coming in for maybe a farewell tour here. Reggie Regland 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 <laughs> out of Alabama, another outside linebacker, not as good as Floyd, but very similar. Very good, aggressive. There's a chance he may fall to us. Sebastian loves him, and of course, Sebastian also talking him. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really foreshadowing. And I'm spoiling Sebastian. I'm sorry. I got to cut that out. Let's hear what Sebastian says about these two guys. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm really sorry, Sebastian. He's probably like, come on, man, knock it off. But yeah, uh, it's like I wish we could talk together, don't I? <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's scheduled Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, expect the Vikings ultimately, though, after the first round to focus at safety, cornerback, and offensive line in the mid-later rounds if a wide receiver is taken at 23. It all depends. Otherwise, you might see a wide receiver taken in the second or third round. Who knows? Uh, receivers are, are a crapshirt, man. You could take a guy, 10th overall, he could be nothing. You could take a guy uh, in the 6th round, he could be awesome. You, you just don't know. It's rare. It's rare, but look at look at Stefan Diggs. 5th round pick, and look how good he is, you know. He, he's a very good football player, Stefan Diggs. Really been happy with his production in the league. He's got number one receiver potential. The chemistry with him, and Teddy Bridgewater was great for a little while. It faded for a, for a, for a, for a time as well, and that was a, a bummer. It seems to always happen that way in every sport. Things fade a little bit for whatever reason. The coverages adjust, this and that. You know how that works. Certain quarterbacks in the NFL die after like a year or two because the coverages adjust to him after he had some success. And then he doesn't, he's unable to handle it. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> and that's not good. Uh, but yeah, expect the Vikings to take, uh, to focus defensively and possibly offensive line or offensive line in the later, in the mid to later rounds, ultimately, if a wide receiver is taken at 23. Yes, I'm repeating myself, but that's how it goes. I also highly recommend, just like a couple years ago when I recommended the Vikings to take a running back in the third or fourth round, and ultimately they took Jarek McKinnon, and I was applauding the hell out of it, and look at Jarek McKinnon. Look at him. He's he's so valuable. And I think he could be a starter, even though he might not have the physical tools, the body to be a starter. I think he has the game to be a starter, though. And I think he has the versatility, the speed... All that really liked Jarek McKinnon, and I applauded the heck out of the Vikings taking Jarek McKinnon in the in the in the 2014 draft. It was a it was a wonderful pick. This time around, now I recommend the Vikings to take a developmental quarterback, and that's as a backup, a backup quarterback long term to be to t- for Teddy Bridgewater. Ultimately, uh, Cardale Jones is an extremely athletic player out of Ohio State. So there's Ohio State again a pretty big arm, and reminds me of Colin Kaepernick a little with that extreme uh, extreme speed. Very, very few attempts in his college career. Only 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So kind of bridgewater like in that sense. Not many pass attempts for uh, Cardale Jones. Completed about 62%, which isn't spectacular, but not terrible. We're looking at a backup here. We're not trying to bring in a guy to compete with Teddy Bridgewater and mess up the whole thing here. That, that's the thing. Uh, Cody Kessler out of USC. I like him a, a little bit, too um you know he i think he'd be better than uh, <laughs> i think he'd be better than Sean Hill i mean similar in a sense like not a great arm but a decent arm i think he has a little better arm than Sean Hill his his uh, his accuracy is fantastic he hits receivers in stride capable of making several deep passes that end up being something ultimately and on occasion he can make something out of nothing with a little mobility and such and some smart plays some nice little plays uh could be a nice mid round type of a pick maybe fourth fifth round to be a backup to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, my hope is, yeah, you, that the Vikings do take a backup quarterback somewhere. Again, not to compete with Teddy Bridgewater. You don't want to bring in a guy who ends up you know, who's like ranked really high and then screw everything up. And I know they're not going to do that. But that's why you might be like, why would you take him? He's, his accuracy isn't that good. Or he doesn't have a big arm because you're taking a backup. Um, and, and I like what I see out of these two guys. There's more out there. That's why I'm going to probably do another show at some point. Need to get this one out right now. Might do another draft show. We'll see with like updated thoughts and stuff. Maybe things change here and there. And maybe I got like a seven more quarterbacks to look at. But who who knows? But these are two guys that I looked at for a little while extensively on uh, on Cardale Jones. Really, actually, kind of like him. Ultimately, some of you might be laughing. Teddy, uh, maybe maybe Sebastian right now is cursing his head off about that one. I don't know. It's it's all opinions and such. I, I don't think Cardell Jones is going to get an, is going to get us killed out there, and I certainly don't think Cody Kessler would. Really like uh, Kessler, actually very accurate. Uh, smaller guy, small in stature. That's the one thing. Uh, Cardell Jones is six foot five, a big beast out there. I think he'd make a nice backup quarterback. Maybe who knows? Maybe he'll start for somebody, but eh, I, I don't think so. And I don't think Kessler's a starter either in the NFL. But who knows? You just never do know ultimately. So with that. I already mentioned the MVPs and all that stuff. And you'll hear Sebastian's versions as well. Actually, you're going to hear his on fan interaction. No, no, no. He does mention it in his in his in his bed here. So you'll hear that. And you'll hear it again on fan interaction and such in segment number three. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and then segue over to Sebastian Balls. <laughs>
1: Welcome back everybody, we got the Purple Mafia show, it is good to be back, alrighty, so yes, I am Sebastian Balls, it is great to be back on Joey's show, I'm sorry everybody for the inconvenience, I know you guys really look forward to us two doing it together, our great combo that we got going, but either way, here we go. We got ourselves the off-season. Alrighty, now I see that Joey just posted not too long ago this link to my off-season. And it's kind of like a brief, actually probably more of a really detailed version of what I'm going to go into. Um, We're going to kind of cover a few things. I don't know how long this is going to be. But bear with me and we are going to have a whole lot of fun. So we're gonna keep going forward here um, So we're just gonna go over here some more stuff. Um, like I said it's good to be back. Uh, I'm really excited this is my time of year. this is what I really look forward to its draft season. We are officially 30 some 32 31 33 days away from the NFL draft 31. 31 days away from the NFL draft, and boy, am I excited. All right, now we're going to actually go over a couple things. We hired a couple new head or not head coaches, that'd be really bad if we had to re hire a new head coach. A couple new positional coaches in Pat Shermer and Tony Sperano. Now, we have now officially three coaches that used to be head coaches under Mike Zimmer on the offensive side of the ball alone. And two of them are positional coaches, which is really incredible to me that you can get a guy from being an offensive coordinator one year to be a positional coach the next for a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl. Now, you know, normally these are the type of moves Super Bowl teams are about to make when they're about to hit their stride and really hit their run. If you kind of get what I mean, wink, wink, everybody. This is the time of year. This is the exact year where everything comes together. We got Boone coming in. We got Smith coming in, guys. We have an offensive line and head coach Mike Zimmer Texted Adrian Peterson in Teddy Bridgewater and said there is no more excuses. It is time to go. That is quote to quote Skull Vikings, let's win this game. God am I excited? Woo! Alright. Now he's also asked a few more questions down in freaking beautiful ass Florida where it's really nice and it's still pretty chilly up here, typically. And Ratan, Raton, Island I can't remember what the hell it's called anywhere I can't go because I'm too broke to go but um he he was asked about Mike Wallace and he said we had a or about the wide receiver position of free agency I should say and he said we had a wide receiver that was getting paid lots of money that wasn't doing what we wanted him to do so why would we go in and try to sign another uh older tight end, or older wide receiver boy. Did he just point out Mike Wallace after Mike Wallace blew out Teddy? Now, don't get me wrong. I saw his you know, the comments saying, oh, Teddy's my guy, da-da-da. I don't care. You can't take back what you said. Actions speak a hell of a lot louder than secondary words. Right, guys? Um. But, yeah, I mean, as Coach Zimmer putting Mike Wallace on blast, I mean, I love it. And then Coach Zimmer said that CP wasn't ready for the NFL when he came in. And, you know, in every aspect, he wasn't ready to be a professional, and he thinks that he's on the fence. Now, for Coach Zimmer to say Flash is on the fence means Flash is putting in work that we don't see. He isn't seeing the field, obviously, but there is work going in. Now, I know he blew off uh, Mike Zimmer's guy that he wanted him to go work out with last year. I know this. I know this. I know this. But the progression from where Coach Zimmer said last offseason that this guy needs really to redo his whole entire philosophy of how he's a wide receiver to he's on the fence. This guy's putting in some work. He still rubs me the wrong way. Do not get me wrong. This guy rubs me the wrong, wrong, wrong way. But he is obviously doing something that I'm just not seeing. And... More power to him. But anyways, we're going to keep going forward. Uh, Like I said, we got in Boone. This guy I'm super excited about. His first words when he got here were, if, no, it was when my agent told me that Minnesota was interested, I said, I don't care who else is interested, I'm going to Minnesota. Now that's my type of guy. Now, granted, he said he wanted to play outdoors and he wished we had one more year at TCF to where I am completely okay with getting out of TCF. He likes playing in the cold, and if that's his reason for coming here, I am sorry, but we're not going to be in the cold a lot. Maybe you just hope for a late December game versus Green Bay again or Chicago. Actually, I think it might be Chicago in TCF this year. No, I'm actually certain if we're either in Chicago Week 17 or we're hosting Chicago Week 17. It is Chicago this year. So be excited, guys. We might might get to be able to host Chicago Week 17. That would be pretty great. Um, Now, I also am really excited about Smith coming in here. He's a former Bengal. I know we got LeMur, and I'm not really going to touch on LeMur. He's just a depth guy. Uh, He's always been a depth guy. I'm glad that we've got a Bengal as a depth guy. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, we haven't signed Chad Greenway yet, and he has, a, I guess, a chance of starting. But, I mean, a depth guy who comes in that knows Zimmer's scheme, I'd much rather prefer that than somebody, you know, came from like uh, uh, San Diego, St. Louis, Green Bay. God forbid us get another former fucking Packer. Let's stop that trend, please. Please. All right, I'm sick about sick of hearing it, all right? Now we're gonna go over a couple draft prospects. Um I'm gonna keep this within decent timing. I know Joey was talking to me about 30 minutes or so. I, I kinda of wanna keep it a little bit shorter than that. This is his show, but matter of fact, but we'll see where this ends up. Alright. Now my first one is Jalen Ramsey. Now, Jalen Ramsey would be a freak, a freak at safety. He'd be a good starting corner, but he would be a freak at safety. All right. Now, I think if he were to play safety, he should, in all rights, be the number one overall pick to Tennessee. Easy. Without a doubt. No no doubt in my mind whatsoever. All right. Now, I do love Carson Wentz out of North Dakota State. All right. But we also got to remember... This is the Cleveland Browns picking. All right. Now, with this addition of RG3, I just don't see. I just don't see Carson Wentz being taken. I mean, I do, but I don't. I feel like a dipshit factor is going to come in here. You got to remember, this is a team that paid $100,000 to find out who their future quarterback should be. And the test came up, Teddy Bridgewater, and they still drafted Johnny fucking football. This team is a bunch of freaking idiots. They have a baseball guy doing analytics for a freaking football team. You can't even get the freaking football portion, right? Why the hell do you bring in a fucking baseball guy to do a football shit? No. So you got to count on the dipshit factor. They just prod in RG3. With the stupidity of the Cleveland Browns, they're going to go on the offensive line, and they're probably going to take a guy like Jeremy Tunzel out of Ole Miss. That's just a good guess. But, I mean, the smart thing for them to do would be draft Carson Wentz and then let him sit behind RG3. And it looks like that's what they hope to do, but I highly doubt that's what they're going to do because the Browns always seem to screw it up in the end. All right, and then the Dallas Cowboys just brought in Alfred Morris. What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you guys doing? So you got Darren McFadden in the backfield, now Alfred Morris. You guys truly think your top guys in your offense are going to be Tony Romo, Alfred Morris in Des Bryant, and they're going to take you to the promised land. This is the same Tony Roman that fucked up his shoulders twice, the same shoulder, nevertheless, last year, gets a disc put in to think this is going to help him. All right. This guy's probably not going to live after football. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm just going to leave that there. Don't want to offend too many people by the obvious truth that he's not going to be able to live his own damn life after football. Any whoozles? I think they should draft Ezekiel Elliott. I think that would be the smart thing to do. But I can see them actually going to DeForest Buckner out of Oregon. They need to rush the quarterback on defense. They need to, they need to, they need to. It is their only option. You know. And then Jacksonville, I see them taking Miles Jack. It's just the perfect fit. Now I see a lot of people saying, Oh, the Vikings should get Miles Jack! You dumb motherfuckers. He's not falling to us. We're at 20 goddamn three. You stupid ass motherfuckers. Now, excuse my language and truly excuse it, but you cannot tell me you truly expect Miles Jack to fall to number 23. You just can't. We would have to trade up to within top five, and that's investing this year's mortgage and next year's mortgage, and it's just not worth it. Now, granted, this is a very top-heavy draft. There's a lot of shitty players in this draft. And if we're going to draft in round one, we better not draft in round one. That's just my personal opinion. I think we should trade back a little bit. But there's a little tease to what I think we should do. Baltimore, DeForest Buckner would be the best option. I can see them being dumb and taking a Joey Bosa and trying him out in a 3-4. And Joey Bosa's... Joey Bosa lacks a certain caring for the game, lacks a certain respect, much of a Jadavion clowny. all right? He, he's just one of those guys that I, I think just got too boasted up in college, got all the women, got all the fame, and the only thing he was lacking was the money and thought, hey, I can coast. And I, I think that's what he did in his college plays, too, you know? I'll make big plays later. I'm just going to jog. I mean, he's a jogger. It's as simple as that. I mean, if you got, if you want to uh, draft a guy who's going to jog, DeForest, or not DeForest Pender, but uh, Joey Bosa is your guy out of Ohio State, without a doubt. All right. Now, I actually think that Philadelphia would probably be in best interest to draft him. I mean, that's still within the top 10. I think he's a second-round prospect, to be honest with you guys. I think he's a total bust. 110% if you take him in the top 10. But, like I said, the NFL is full of dipshit factors, and there's a lot of people who do a job that, quite frankly, don't deserve their job. And my good friend Drew Bunting and I definitely, definitely would do a hell of a lot better. All right. William Jackson the third. I, I think he's a a solid corner. I think Tampa Bay would take him. It would just figure, since they just got rid of their defensive-minded head coach, that they would go defense. Um, another big one, Leonard Floyd, you know, I think he's going to go to the Giants. I, I, I see a lot of people going, oh, we should get Leonard Floyd. And just like the uh, Miles Jack, you stupid people. Shut the hell up. We are not getting Leonard Floyd. We are not getting Miles Jack. They're way too far away, and we're going to have to... It truly – truly – what's the best word to put it? Mortgage our future. Um, I think Jared Goff would be a great fit for the Bears. I truly do, but I could see them taking a Carson Wentz here. I could actually see the Bears trading up to take Carson Wentz just to make sure he gets – now in this case, the scenario Carson Wentz falls to him just because of the dipshit factor – um, and he came from a D2 school, he has a hard time handling the snap. He does. Let's face it. He he, he muffs up the football way too often. All right, and then you got a Robinson, Robison, uh, defensive tackle that from Alabama. I think he's going to go to New Orleans. I don't think he's even a top 32 pick. But as stated previously, there's a lot of people doing their jobs that quite certainly don't deserve them. All right, Ronnie Stanley, Notre Dame, going to Miami. I truly think that's a great fit. Now, I'm just going to quickly go through here. I mean, I know I'm touching. I, I think LA is going to take Corey Coleman, uh, best compromise with, uh, with Tavon Austin. I think they should go after Jared Goff. I truly do, and they might. I would hope L.A. would. It would be the smartest thing for L.A. to do, especially going into a new market. And, I mean, how more hometown can you get? All right. I think the Lions are going to take Vernon Butler, defensive tackle out of Louisiana Tech, uh, Minnesota. You know, I, I want us to take... I want us to take Doxon with pick number 23. I do. But at the same time, I really, really, really hope a Reggie Raglan would fall to us. Now, here I have him going to Washington in that type of area, New York, Washington, Houston. I mean, that's like a couple picks before us. I really hope we can get him. I think Will Fuller is all wrong for us. The guy's got brick hands. Brick hands. Stay away. Now if we took like a guy like Jack Conklin out of Michigan State offensive tackle, I would have no problem with that either. Um, you know, I don't think we should, but it's one of those for redoing the whole offensive line, we might as well redo the whole offensive line. Goodbye, Phil Loadholt. For the love of God. <laughs> Eli Apple I see a lot of people mocking him in the first round. I just don't think he's a first round talent. I don't. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to come after me. Spencer, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's fine. You can do that. No problem. I see Seattle taking a Noah Spence, an edge guy out of eastern Kentucky. Uh, I see Correa from Boise State going to Green Bay. (sighs) You know, when I look at this, I was kind of trying to look for a place for quarterback like Paxton Lynch to go. And usually those third quarterback type of guys go high. I had him falling to Arizona. It was just one of those perfect fit type of deals. You know, actually one guy I'd really like the Vikings to grab, which I highly doubt they will, but I'd really love it if they did because he'd fit in a lot of different packages. Carl Joseph out of West Virginia. This guy is a freaking wrecking ball switchblade arms and freaking machete arms and freaking you name anything that's amazing, and that's Carl Joseph. Watch up his film. He hits somebody with force. He wrecks somebody every time. He's got a nose for football. All right. Now, I see him being a good fit also in Carolina, but I think Arizona also needs Paxton Lynch, like I was saying. Just one of them things. It would be a perfect situation have him sit under Carson. Um, yeah. Derrick Henry, I think, should go in the second round to Cleveland. Uh, now, that's kind of presuming that they get the quarterback round two or round one, but you're, you're kind of betting there. All right. Now, Laquan Treadwell. I see a lot of people talk about Mega Quan, as they call him. I think this guy's a fucking bum. He's a piece of shit. This guy, yes, he plays really big. Yes, he is. Uh, Very athletic, he can catch the ball decently, and his route tree is, it's okay. Okay, but if I'm looking for a number one wide receiver, I want the guy to get open. You know what I mean? I want the guy to be able to like get off his guy and Laquan Treadwell cannot, absolutely cannot cannot, 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 cannot get off man press coverage and I hate these people talking about how we "We should take Laquan Treadwell no you stupid motherfuckers, we should not this guy cannot get off press coverage do you guys remember Mike Wallace a year ago could not get off press coverage, this is the same exact example, Mike Wallace had burn of speed this guy's a fucking turtle going down the field he cannot beat shit the, your your best bet is they play off coverage. He runs an underneath route, and they throw it to him. Best bet. Or he gets so deep that Teddy's able to launch the ball to him, and it's a jump ball situation. Best. Absolute best. All right. Shaq Lawson I have from uh, Clemson going to Tampa Bay. One of the bigger picks. I think he might fall a little bit. I like him. I think it'd be a solid pick. I just, I just don't think he's a round one talent. Probably early two. I'm just going through a few people. CJ Procise, I have going round two to Indy. Cody Whitehair. I have falling to the New York Jets. I don't think he's a first round talent at all. I mean, I think I think he's got first round potential. And I see a lot of people saying, oh, the Vikings should draft Cody White here. I don't think that's a good idea whatsoever. Because I think it's almost a given that he's going to have to be a guard at the NFL level. I don't think he has what it takes to be a tackle. I see a lot of people also mocking us to take Braxton Miller round two. I think that's the total wrong way to go. I think we should either go offensive line or defense on the first pick. And I think we should go to Tyler Boyd from Pittsburgh round two. This guy had a different quarterback every single year he was there was able to put up really decent numbers, and he catches everything, everything. You guys want to go back and look at his stats for me, please? He dropped, like, maybe, I want to say five passes in, like, two, three years. This guy catches everything. All right. Now, I think Von Bell is going to slip all the way to Pittsburgh in the second round. New England's got back-to-back picks. Congratulations, New England. Uh, so that's kind of like a like a brief overview. Uh, one guy I'd really like us to take in the third round would be Malik Collins, defensive tackle out of Nebraska. I think he would be a very solid pick for us. I think we could use more help on the defensive line. I mean, I'd rather have more depth on the defensive line than really anywhere else. Uh, one person I think is not is not a second-round pick as Johnny Cash whatsoever. And I think anybody saying that he is a second-round pick is an absolute moron and should really take their head out of their ass. And, yeah. Sorry about the profane language on this one, you guys. But Johnny Cash cannot cover anyone. I could run a route and get open on Johnny Cash. This guy is a run-stopper at best. One, maybe two-down uh, type of athlete i i don't even want to call him a safety i don't but he's not big enough to be a linebacker in my opinion i just don't think he carries the weight of it at least but thank you guys for tuning into this one i look forward to talking to you guys on the purple mafia page and look forward to listening to the show myself thank you very much and have a great day
0: We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction. There will be a bit of catching up to do here. And, of course, at the end of the show, if I please do remember, and I got it right here, I got got the list right here, the annual Purple Mafia Star Awards going out to the, well, the Gold Star of the Year, Silver Star of the Year, Bronze Star of the Year, for all you guys out there on Facebook and Twitter that have commented Yes, sir. Um, Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you're going to be, those of you that won, please. uh, (laughs) I I really hope you're listening. That's the most important part. They actually hear it. I'm just, uh, I'm going to be very pleased to give it out to you. So there you go. Um, Well, we're leaving off like we did before, Purple Mafia episode 2012, like we always have, Super Bowl review. I really enjoyed doing that show, and it was cool seeing Denver accomplish what they were able to. Quite a run even though at the time I didn't consider them much of a special team. Uh, As we continue under the Facebook page, I talked about Robert Griffin III being released from Washington. A few comments involved here. Sebastian thought it was to be expected. Kind of commentary back and forth. Uh, Sebastian definitely not a fan, Uh, ultimately. He says, uh, if I wanted a quarterback that could only run, I'd get Webb back or (laughs) T-Jack, but I don't, so... yep, Yeah, you got to love Sebastian. Mark Carlson, Sebastian's in Mankato, as you heard in the previous segment. And wasn't that fantastic. Again, a bit vulgar. I hope you, if you had kids around, you turned the volume down or put your phones on or whatever. You know what I mean? Just be careful. <laughs> of course, it's in hindsight now, so you're already kicking my ass if the kids heard it. So, um, Mark Carlson out of Iowa saying thanks for the update, Joey. And I agree with Sebastian. Brent out of, that means Brent Jacobson out of Lakeville. Interesting uh, profile picture. Back to the future. Got it like, oh, Bernie to the future. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's about right, huh? Making, yeah, fun of that clown. <clears throat> he says he probably will end up somewhere like St. Louis. And Brent saying, er, Los Angeles. <laughs> yep, Los Angeles. Yep, yep, yep. And he wound up going to go Cleveland. Got it like that. You'd think the LA Rams would have, ah, you know. We'll find out about that. Leland, also out of Iowa, saying Megatron retired also. It changes the north. And isn't that weird? Megatron retired. Yeah. I don't think I talked about that on the last show either. And of course I didn't. Yeah. Megatron, Calvin Johnson, gone. Hmm. And I didn't even put anything up there for people to comment about it. That's a shame. Uh, That's my bad. And a very cool, uh, picture. This was made by, uh, this is, you know, the whole Photoshopping and, you know, creating the colors and all that stuff. Very cool. Alex Boone with the Vikings, uh, with a really nice logo and such created by Sebastian, actually. Uh, my wife, Nun Trung, Nun Trung said uh, you're very talented Joey. joy and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm very talented, right No I can't accept uh, I can't accept that compliment. I appreciate it, but Sebastian gets the credit. Sebastian Balls the co-host of Pro Mafia on occasion, and I'd like more often than not. It's just that and maybe more audio submissions too. Heck, there's a lot of shows that do that, actually. Podcasts and uh, podcasts do it a ton. And, of course, even regular radio shows as well, you know, like live radio. They have people jump in for segments and stuff. Alex Jones, InfoWars, do check that out. By the way, I'll give a little shout-out to that one. That's uh, <laughs> InfoWars.com. He doesn't need a shout-out. He's got a quadrillion listeners. But for those of you that haven't uh, touched into that, please do. Yeah. <laughs> Brett McCarthy says, Online needs uh, a little shagger, I'm guessing swagger. Oh, that's okay, Brett. That's not a problem. It's a cell phone thing, probably. Sebastian saying, sweet pick. Where'd you get it from? Wink. Yep, yep, yep. And I do apologize, my friend. I do apologize. I didn't mean to, to steal or anything or ride your coattails. My bad. Ah, uh, purple Mafia Show. Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, I'm reading my own thread here. It says, despite the negative tweets, valued as in, you know, uh, Red Ellison, like, reporting it out there or his father, was it? Despite the negative tweets, valued blocking tight end Red, Red Ellison has been re-signed along with Marcus Sherrill's, let's hear you guys' commentary. Sebastian said, no, that's not right. That's me talking. He says, each guy played a big role, like it or not. Would you rather have Flash taking punts? No, Marcus kept us in a Chicago road game. And Rhett is a terrific blocker. Bleep people. Mm-hmm. And he says, the Purple Press Box supports these moves. And, of course, Sebastian is the host and creator of the Purple Press Box out there. You can find it on YouTube at this time. He, uh, he releases it with a... Uh, a uh, program called speaker it worked out just fine ultimately i didn't understand what i was doing at first i'm like there's no audio file but yeah it's getting it's weird how things go where you try to do it on a computer you try to download it on the computer to get it to you know so i could put it on this show and nothing happens there's just nothing but then you go on your cell phone you download it to your cell phone you could or you can download it in a second so for some reason i guess everything's just geared toward mobile stay tuned with that one eh eh Ah, uh, yep, Sebastian saying rather take a fair catch than a muff. Just saying, yep, and that's obviously with Marcus Sherrills. I call him <laughs> Fair Catch Marcus because he does that. Uh, and Sebastian saying former gover. Nonetheless, that's very true. In a corner, he's garbage. Yep, and then Dave Hickey. Let's get to Dave from Iowa here. Marcus is a core special teamer along with Rhett, but another player, Adam Thielen, I think could replace Marcus and do just as good, if not better, then we could get another player. Rhett is one hell of a blocker, but he needs to be more involved in the passing game. So it's not so obvious why he is there. It is in there. Yeah, because, you know, run blocking. AP will be running right behind Brett. Yep, it's one of those deals where it's, uh, you know, predictable. And also I uh, mentioned Terrence Newman has also been re-signed. What a valuable guy he is too at 38. Valuable as heck. Mark saying, Mark, Mark from Iowa, Mark Carlson saying, I'm okay with that. And Dave says, definitely. I like it a lot, uh, very much so. Vikings agree to terms with uh, Andre Smith. Yep, I mentioned that. Let's hear the, yep, Leland saying, yes. Brett McCarthy saying, well, the O line is looking better. Yep, and yes, hallelujah. I like it very much. Yankee saying, more online depth and cheap rice. That could possibly mean first rounder of this year is a wide receiver. Yeah, and it does change. It did change things. It looked like it was going to be Cody White here, who there's a possibility he could slip into the second round. Cody White here, who we talked about uh, a bit in segment number one. Very fun draft conversation. I really enjoy doing that, actually, quite a bit. Sitting down, doing some research. Old school, you know, like I like I used to. Back in the day when I didn't even have a podcast. Now it's like I have a podcast. <laughs> it's like I don't have the, quite the time I used to. But now when I'm able to make the time, get things together... Oh man, that was that was fun, just sitting down. I was up late, and I mean late, just doing that. I mean, it was like, uh, I had a blast doing it. I'm going to be honest with you. Dave Hickey says, this is awesome. We struggled on the O-line for three years. At least it really became an issue with all the injuries and no depth. So Rick and Zimmer are bringing in a lot of competition, and these guys are going to fight it out, and may the best man win. Yep, you know, Phil Oldholt and such, of course. John Sullivan, who who knows? I mean Cody Whitehair, the a reason that he could be good and yes, he's more of a guard per se, but he he's flexible where he could even play some center. Uh, but I don't know. Sebastian may or may not agree with that one. He's basically convinced he's more of just a guard, but who knows what'll happen there. Robert Griffin the III, reportedly the little son of the Cleveland Browns. Yep, obviously that's old news now, of course. That was on Paul Caniff's birthday, March 24th, if he's listening. Happy birthday to you, Mr. Paul Tuniverse Caniff, of 36 years of age, you son of a gun. Sebastian says, I really, really hope they pass on a quarterback at pick two. It would throw the draft into a uh, through a loop. And maybe they will pass on him. Yep, that's what I was saying. I don't know if people misunderstood that or not. And Sebastian was saying RG uh, posting a uh, tweet from Ian Rapport at Rap Sheet. Of course, RG three will make seven point five million in twenty sixteen, including three point five million signing bonus. Same in twenty seventeen if he's if he's on the team, up to three point five more available in incentives. So hmm, that'd be a lot of money for a backup quarterback. But at the minimum, he's like a Band-Aid slash bridge quarterback. You know, bridge to Bridgewater with uh, Sam Cassell. Yeah, Matt Castle, Pardon me, <laughs> Leland saying. Just wonder if Coach can keep his attitude in check. Maybe. Mm, yep. Cleveland is a is a mess. I was saying, will Cleveland get it right this time? Sebastian saying, no. If they win every off season per media, and they still suck. I mean, it's like they it's like they win. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, he says they will trade back in the first round, and everyone will. Suck Browns something. (laughs) You know, and Vince Germano's a Browns fan, so be nice now. Be nice, be nice. Don't hate on the Browns too much. Uh, I want to see that franchise succeed. I don't, I'm not necessarily enjoying them failing. They're not a division rival. I mean, the AFC, see, did you ever notice? I'm a Timberwolves fan, right? And I like the Eastern Conference more. I'm a Minnesota Wild fan. I like the Eastern Conference more. Hmm, do you notice a trend? I'm a major, I'm a Twins fan. I like the National League more. Do you notice a trend here? I'm an NFL fan or Viking fan. I like the AFC more. Can you ever guess why? Because they're in the other, because it's the other conference. I hate my conference. I want to kick all their asses. That's why. (laughs) San Francisco is the only NFC team that I like for the most part. Um, Calgary is the only Western conference in the the, the NHL. NBA, I don't think I like any Western conference team. I, I don't think so. The more I think about it, no, I don't. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't like any of them. I, I like that, but I love the Eastern Conference, you know, stuff like that. So I have no problem with the AFC for the most part. I don't like everybody in the AFC, but there's more teams over there that I do like. Um, and I posted uh, Sebastian's cribble press box on March 20th off season. so there's a link right to it right there in Priba Mafia, so... <laughs> goes to YouTube via uh, speaker. It was made with speaker. Mm-hmm. I reached 95 people, hopefully, that got more views on his uh, YouTube there. Hopefully, hopefully. Got to get her done, right? Uh, and I was talking about the annual state of Vikings, like, real soon, list the uh, MVP and such. <sighs> I'm going to come back to that. I better not forget, right? I'm going to get into the visitor post. This is where I might be doing some digging for a little while, so please bear with me. It's been a while. I'm not going to read everything. I'll try to get through it fairly quickly here. I I don't know why it's not going beyond March 16th. Oh, here we go. The dreaded see more button, right? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, sorry about this. Uh, I guess we'll continue off of February 17th. That's where we got to go. Uh, Sebastian closing a picture about, yep. Oh, God. Andrew Sandejo having a Valentine's Day date at McDonald's. Like, it's so funny. It shows us millionaires can be simple, too. Yep. And I'm sure they went to somewhere else after, like, in the evening. That was probably lunchtime. And you know what, it's kind of like, so what though, they have the money, they can go on a date anytime, really, you know, so they have more money than most of us, right? That's Andrew Sandejo, who will be back, for some reason I always get him and Robert Blanton mixed up, but I won't be getting them mixed up anymore, because Robert Blanton is going to be toiling with Rex Ryan over there in Buffalo, yay. Oh yeah, Jared Allen, riding off into the sun, excuse me, riding off into the cloudy horizon that's, yeah, about it, I believe, uh, this was on Twitter, Tony Coleman, a Purple Mafia legend from way back in, oh, nine, oh, eight-ish, the early days, he's always been there, and thank you so much, Tony, he's a South, he's an Aberdeen, South Dakota resident, uh, love you very much, Tony, he says, he always said he wanted to retire as a Viking, I wonder if they'll do a one-day contract or something, and some team, yeah, I mean, a lot of teams do that. That would be kind of cool if he was able to do that. And Jared Allen, yes, of the Carolina Panthers, ringless. Unfortunately, he's probably the only guy on that team that I kind of was like, I, well, there are a couple guys. Joe Webb, uh, you know, you feel bad that they didn't get the ring. Obviously, uh, James Stewart is a very Jonathan, – Jonathan Stewart. I don't want to call him James Stewart. Jonathan Stewart, a very respectful, uh, respectable running back that, play, that really uh, – he's paid his dues over the years, and he deserved a ring as well. Not a Cam Newton fan. A little much. I'm not a. I'm not a Cam Newton hater necessarily, but I'm not a fan, and he didn't win me over at all. In the in the in and after the Super Bowl, not at all. Uh, but um, Jared Allen, I feel bad about that. It's a shame, and it was cool that he got a chance to finally play in the Super Bowl, which he was robbed of by those damn Saints in 2009. We all know about that. Hmm. Mark Mark was saying, watching an interesting interview with Zimmer on NFL Channel. Mm-hmm. He was on the NFL Channel, NFL Network on March 1st there. So, uh, Ali, up yep, posting another article there, mock draft and such from, uh, po- from Pro Football Spot. He is a, yep, Ali is a nice, really nice writer on Pro Football Spot. Do check it out and keep reading those articles. And Ali, if you're listening, never stop posting those. They really are nice. I, I really appreciate them. Uh, they're saying, Viking, yep, another one, Vikings have connections with some free agents. That was another good article. Vikings release Mike Wallace. That was posted by Tanay out of New Zealand, a Timberwolves explosion legend and a, purple, a building, budding Purple Mafia star here. Gotta love that. Thank you very much for posting that and such. Yep, uh, Ali talking about Alex Boone in another article recapping the Vikings' day one of free agency. Dave Hickey saying, I'm not sure. When you'll be doing your State of the Vikings podcast. But I wanted to post early enough so I didn't miss out. In which I did several times this year. Yep. I really like the signing back of most of our free agents. They know the system, the coaches, and the fellow players. The only players I feel don't fit in are Mike Wallace and the quarter Clatterson, CB84. I just messed up. Isn't that great? (laughs) Yep. Uh, Pardon me. I messed up that one. There we go. CB84. Given their high expectations, neither one put forth, whew, that's a big one, <laughs> neither one put forth an effort to get better, especially CP, uh, either either Diggs or Thielen, or maybe even Sheryl's, could do CP's kick returns, and we could use that roster spot on somebody that cares, Wallace gone, and I say good, that was a lot of money paid out to drop footballs and not get open. I also like the pickup of Boone and Lamars. Yep, that Lamars, of course, the linebacker. Both seem like they are experienced and passionate about playing for Zimmer. And the Vikings. The draft I would like to see, Josh Doxson, the tall, speedy receiver from TCU. We need somebody that can get open, catch the ball, and be a weapon in the red zone. Yep, that's the big one right there for me, the red zone. That makes me smile just reading that right there. Uh, We haven't had that luxury since Carter and Moss were suiting up for us. Another playmaking safety would be great also. Other than that, I think the coaches know best and I have the utmost respect for this front office in Zimmer's plan and guiding them. I also like Zimmer replacing the O-line coach and the strength coach, yep, and Zim bringing in former head coaches for these coaching jobs. You can never have too much talent on a football team, whether it be coaches, players, or other personnel. Bottom line, I check every day to see what my favorite team is doing and I can't wait until the draft and start of the season to see what's going to happen next. Skull Vikings. Thank you, Dave. That was fantastic. and Absolutely fantastic. Without a doubt, Dave Hickey. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I might as well say it now, because every year I endorse a certain guy. It could, it's subject to change if I do another draft show and if something else comes up that I believe somebody else deserves the, uh, the endorsement as the draft pick. And of course, the twenty-third pick this year. I'm going to officially. Oh boy! See, now I'm already. See, there goes my mind again. Oh my gosh! There it goes again. Oh, can I can I give can I endorse two people? Is that cheating? Oh, see, this is what could make the subject change. There's two guys that I'm targeting the most at twenty-third. They may both be gone. They may both be available. Sebastian may think both of them are not worthy of the twenty-third pick. The Vikings may think neither of them are worthy of the twenty-third pick. But if I'm taking a receiver, it's Josh Duxon. Uh The corner receiving, you know, the leaping ability, back corner, red zone, offense. Red zone, touchdowns. Let's let's finish things in that red zone. That can, that can really bring Teddy Bridgewater's confidence up. Uh, numbers, everything. You know, the Vikings win a lot more games than you have a receiver like that. Teddy Bridgewater just gets better and better with a guy like that as well. It makes the whole team better. But the other side of the ball, the other side of the field, so to speak, facing the other direction. You know what I'm saying? Is Eli Apple? Uh that's a that would really get things going. Um, and McKenzie also would not be a bad pick either. With all those past deflections, talk about shutdown corner. Either one of those guys, I just I'd be very happy. Honest to God, McKenzie ranked a little bit lower than Eli Apple. Sebastian doesn't think he should go in the first round. I think he can. I'm not going to have a huge disagreement about it, though. I'm not like, are you crazy? Because you know what? I'm no expert. I'm not an expert, but from what I saw, I like what I see. And it screams Zimmer, either McKenzie or Eli Apple. Scream Zimmer, and you know what? If there are de- if, oh, well, of course, there's deficiencies with everybody, but the deficiencies that do exist with Eli Apple and or McKenzie out there are, uh, well, Mike Zimmer is the type of coach that can make him significantly better. Absolutely, uh, Josh Robinson even improved significantly under Mike Zimmer in the two years he was here, but now he's got to go toil with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Rut row. And Sebastian says, And Mike Wallace drops another pass. Waste of money. Good thing he was cut. (laughs) Nice big picture there. And he calls another one saying, Hey, Teddy, Mike's gone. It's uh, Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. It's uh, Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Stefan Diggs there. He said, Hey, Teddy, Mike's gone. And then uh, Bridgewater says, It's okay, Stefan. You had a better year anyway. Woo! And Stefan Diggs making that nice catch against Detroit. Remember the uh, -the over-the-shoulder spectacular play in the bread basket, but also he's going to make a nice play to catch it. No more Wallace? I can dig it. Skull, That was a nice picture. And, of course, U.S. Bank Stadium. The the Viking ship, literally the Viking ship facing that Minneapolis skyline. It's going to be pretty cool to see that Minneapolis skyline. And I would love to sit in the back of that ship, if you know what I mean, and just to see the skyline uh, effect. It's spectacular. Isn't that going to be fun, U.S. Bank Stadium? It is absolutely a ship, if you didn't know already. That is a ship. That is Noah's Ark right there, you know. It, it, it really is. It looks like Noah's Ark more than a Viking ship, actually. <laughs> it, it looks like Noah's Ark, man. Uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, of course, is the real name of it. I might as well call it Noah's Ark, hey? Eh? Because, it, yeah, I already said it. Uh, Sebastian posted a picture of Smith out of Cincinnati coming to the Vikings there. And the Vikings' black uniform concept... Black uniforms. Well, it, it's a third jersey type of thing. Me and Sebastian didn't have like a major disagreement, just kind of like a, I'm a, it's been done type of thing. I mean, the Timberwolves have had black uniforms. It's like so many teams, the Chicago Blackhawks have had black uniforms, the North Dakota Fighting Sioux, which are now the Fighting Hawks, yeah, uh, have had black uniforms. Everybody's at black uniforms. The Saints already have them, uh, you know. The Saints have them. The Raiders have them. The Spurs wear them. I hated with with the Wolves because we're not the Spurs. I don't want to look like that team. Damn it! I want to be the Wolves. I like blue. It's like keep your identity of purple. I'm not a huge fan of black uniforms. It's been done a billion times. The Phoenix Suns had them for uh, for a while. I thought their purple uniforms were way better. I'm sorry. They're just better. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It just it is what it is, right? I mean, I, I know the Vikings can't wear green uniforms. I just, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's not even, not even, even though I love green uniforms because of the North Stars, ultimately that's what attracted me to green uniforms. But, okay. Ali uh, Ali again, posting, Crow Football Spot Vikings are having a solid free agency with Rick Spielman and sunglasses as the... <laughs> as a, as the, uh, the picture there. Very cool. Very nice article, I must add. Very nice article, Ollie. Thank you very much for that. Very cool. Post another one saying Minnesota Vikings 2015 Team MVP Awards. You got Harrison Smith and Adrian there. Can't disagree with either one of those. Can't. Uh, Harrison Smith is my MVP for the Vikings this year. Brent Jacobson saying, Do either Anquan Bolden or Roddy White interest you for the Vikings? I could live with Bolden for while, for one year. Incentive-laden deal and drafting a receiver in the second or third round. It wouldn't kill me to sign either one. A veteran receiver, though, of course, other people. Yep, yep, yep. Paul loved it. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. There was a fun little bit going on with me. Uh, jumping Flash. Okay, yeah. If, if you see this post, please click on Paul's uh, post there. Paul Caniff. That's Paul Tooniverse Caniff. Where it's Jumping Flash World 6-1. Just listen to the song and how it plays, and just imagine it saying, Bolden is available, Bolden is available. <laughs> it's a bit I did about nine years ago when I was drafting in fantasy football, and he was playing that game in the background, and I just started singing it because I've always loved Enquan Bolden, and I've always wanted him, and, well, he's available. Please forgive me if I'm going off on some kind of crazy tangent there, but it's fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bolden is available. Oh, man. Leland posting a Green Day Crackers roll of toilet paper saying, Time for the morning poo. woo Oh, boy. Sebastian saying, Dear Vikings Nation, I have watched my film. After last weekend of mic issues, I will be announcing my draft pick for the Vikings. Should take in round one. Stay tuned to the Pearl Press Box podcast. This was on Monday. School show will be up next Sunday. So that'll be cool. Who is he going to pick? Who is Sebastian going to pick? I'm going with Josh Doxson for offense and Eli Apple for defense. You know what I'm saying? But uh, if I have to endorse one guy, and of course you have to, I'll go with Josh Doxson for the moment. Subject to change, but I will go with Josh Doxson for the moment. Sebastian's probably like rolling his eyes right now. Like, are you crazy? You got to go with Michael Thomas. No, I don't think, I don't know if he's on Michael Thomas or not. And there's Brent Jacobson says, I think this is the guy I want for the Vikings at number 23, Michael Thomas wide receiver. Oh, Ohio State, and that wouldn't kill me at all. He's extremely, extremely player, uh, extremely talented, a possession receiver with some special extra. Yeah, kind of like he's a lot like Percy Harvin, but a lot larger. That's what's a good thing about him. Remember when he looked at uh, Cordell Patterson that way? I think this guy, hopefully, this guy's got to be more mature than Cordell Patterson, and from what you can tell, he he is. And it's Ohio State this time; it's not some small school. So we'll see. Maybe he is uh, what Cordell Patterson is. It. You take Michael Thomas, Cordero is done, in my opinion. In my opinion. As for the Twitter account, it's at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. To get to the Facebook page, it is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Very, very simple to get there. And, of course, you can email me at paladinolive at yahoo.com. Or, of course, there's the phone line 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention what show you're calling into, which is Purple Mafia. Uh, or Joey, but Purple Mafia. You know, all that comment, all that. Keep it to about a minute, maybe two. And of course, those of you that are not from the United States, uh, do you, your cell phones have free voice recorders on them? Record a minute or two uh, for, for a minute or two on it and email it to Palladino Live at Yahoo.com. Live at yahoo.com. And I did not forget. I'm staring at it right now because there's no way I'm going to forget it with it standing right in front of me here. The Stars of the Year for Purple Mafia. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. You, well, you're, you're going to have to be at this point because hell, hell froze over already. The 2015 Stars of the Year for Purple Mafia. Drum roll. Bronze Stars. A bronze star is going to go to two people. Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado. Brent Jacobson out of Lakeville. (laughs) Bronze stars to both of you. Yes, I'm being generous and I'm giving out to Marl's little people because I hate leaving people out. And there's... People on people that are not on this list that I feel horrible not giving them a star, but you can't give it to everybody because then it gets stupid. How's it a star, right? Silver star is going to go to Mark Carlson out of Iowa and Gerald String out of Nebraska. Both of them have won the gold star in the past, so maybe, a, yep, <laughs> maybe I'm being mean right now. I'm kidding. silver star to Mark Carlson out of Iowa, Gerald String out of Nebraska, and the drum roll, please. And I should have had a drum roll, but I don't have one. But drum roll, gold star. The Gold Star is going to come from Twitter this year, ladies and gentlemen. And for the first time in the history of Pearl Mafia, the Gold Star will go to somebody not from the United States. It is Dave Martin out of Scotland. That's right, Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of Scotland. You are the Gold Star winner for 2015. (music) Congratulations. You may think it's all just silly and like, okay, okay, Joey. Take it easy. Just relax. Okay, yeah, it's a Gold Star for... For a uh, for, for for purple mafia, it's not like oh my god, I'm I'm I I just won ten million dollars or anything. But gold star of the year, a very very well deserved gold star of the year. A guy that's uh, always been active on that Twitter. He keeps that Twitter account rolling. Uh, Twitter was quiet today because well, it's the off season and I haven't been tweeting purple mafia pretty much at all. And I apologize for that. I should be tweeting it more, but it kind of is what it is. I have three podcasts, well, really four. Showtime and T-Wolves is another one, but it's been quiet, unfortunately. But when you have three podcasts and the other two are very much in the middle of the season right now, middle to later part of the season, and in the Wilds' case, they're going for the playoffs right now. And it's very interesting in the Wolves, you got these beautiful prospects to follow, even though they're not going to the playoffs. There's so many pointers to talk about right now. It's hard to talk about Bowl Mafia this time of year. That's the thing. Even though there's a lot of exciting stuff always going on in the draft, but the draft is always so much fun to talk about. Much more interesting than free agency, in my opinion, even though free agency can be very interesting and it can really fill some holes and some voids, and Vikings did a fantastic job this year. But uh, Dave Martin, well-deserved gold star of the year for 2015. (laughs) God bless you, buddy. God bless you. Thank you so much. So uh, I guess we're going to have to put the wraps in this episode, eh? Uh, it, it wasn't quite as active as I thought on the Facebook page, but that's my own fault. And plus, I think part of February got cut out. I, I don't know why it's not loading anymore. The further back you go, it just kind of stops saying see more. It just dies. So some beautiful stuff had been posted over the course of time, and it uh, it went away. So I apologize for that. Deeply, for those of you, like Dave Hickey posts so many good articles, and you know what? I'm going to give stars for this episode as well, because I need to. For this particular episode, gold stars definitely going to Dave Hickey. Uh, gold star to Dave Hickey for this episode. So it counts as 2016. You're uh, you're on the list. You're the first gold star winner of 2016. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's this now the NFL year of 2016, even though the Super Bowl still counted as 15. Yeah, did you get the idea? Ah, uh, so we're doing the NFL fiscal year, so to speak, of Purple Mafia. Dave Hickey, first Gold Star winner of the year. Silver Star, uh, Silver Star, where do we go with this one? Silver Star, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to Sebastian, even though he doesn't want, yeah, he. I can give it to Sebastian for uh, regular shows. He didn't want to be on the yearly thing, because he, he could always be on the yearly thing, even though he was kind of quiet, because he's been busy with his, uh, his own show on YouTube over there, the Purple Press Box, which I endorse as a purple mafia approved, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the bronze star is uh, going to Brent Jacobson. Uh, yep. Brent Jacobson's going to get the bronze star for this show. Dave Vicky and Sebastian and, and uh, Brent Jacobson right there. Purple mafia hall of famers, without a doubt. Thank you guys so much for your inclusion on this show. God bless you all. Very, very, very much. Dave Martin, congratulations again. I, I just feel so happy giving it to him. You know, I mean, he's, he's always so active on that Twitter account. And there were some weeks where I would just, I, I would just, I would concentrate on Facebook and then the poor Twitter would get like left behind. And I, I feel so bad about that. And it's like, Dave has so many cool things to say. And he's entertaining and passionate about this team. And, uh, you know, just letting you know how appreciated you are, Dave. So thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, Mark Carlson and Gerald String legends without, you know, they've got a gold star of the year each and a silver star for 2015. And Justin Mayer Henry jumping on board the stars of the year. Very active early, a little quiet later, but still always awesome, awesome commentary. And his brother, Josh Mayer Henry as well. uh, Very involved and uh, being really stupid because I knew I was going to forget. I knew I was going to forget. How stupid of me. (laughs) Let's hear your MVPs first before I step away. What a jackass I am. Right. And Josh Mayer Henry, very active on here as well. Why is this popping up? I just want to go to the comments. Okay, that's my own fault. So I almost—I knew I was forgetting something. I knew it. I was like, "This is a little too short here. Something ain't right." So my bad. Uh, your MVPs: Red Ellison, according to Sebastian Balls. Red Ellison, disappointment. Mike Wallace, surprise. Stefan Diggs. Those are good choices, and, and Hunter as well. Number ninety-nine for the biggest surprise. Apologize for this, guys. Apologize. You're really trying like why. The hell is he? (laughs) Brent Jacobson says, Disappointment, uh, Wallace or the O-line. MVP, the defense as a whole, biggest surprise. Diggs or Hunter? Sebastian wondering why the O-line is a disappointment. They have led led over 35 sacks the last four years. Uh, Yankee says, Wallace beats Khalil for disappointment in my book. Josh Mayer-Henry says, MVP is a linebacker. Disappointment, Wallace, without a doubt. And surprise would be Diggs. Mark Carlson says... I've been surprised by Diggs and hope that other players are inspired by his play as well. One question. Kicker. I don't care who kicks, but I want no more misses. I love the range our kicker has, but many missed last year has me questioning. Thanks, Mark from Iowa. And I asked him who uh, Yankee and Mark's MVP are. Bridgewater, according to Mark Carlson. I I give it to Bridgewater last year. This year it's going to Harrison. Bridgewater just, I don't know, to me, not as involved. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you could tell he's he's improved, but they didn't give him they didn't let him pass as much. That's not necessarily his fault. But Harrison Smith got it this year. Sebastian says Marcus Sherrill is also tied for his MVP. Marcus Sherrill's? Huh. Huh. No, that's okay though. Uh, Josh Mayer Henry says I think kicking will get better when Walsh gets back indoors. Yep, for the majority of the games. Yep, and Josh Mayer Henry deserves a uh, co. A co-silver star for this episode. I was thinking that. Uh, Yankee will get a bronze as well. I'm just very generous. It's the it's the annual show. This is the annual show. Purple Mafia is going to turn in April. It's going to turn how old now? Man, uh, eight years old. 2008. It's 2016. Damn, eight years old already. Yankee says defense deserves the MVP. Offense needs to click better. And Teddy needs to have more confidence and take more shots down the field because AP in the backfield should get our wide receivers with one-on-one coverage. Yeah, I mean, you would hope so. Yeah, that's great thoughts there. Yankee over there out of, uh, out of Brooklyn Center there. Thank you very, very much indeed. Yeah, I believe he's from Brooklyn Center. He was before. <laughs> so apologize if I'm incorrect there. Uh, thank you so much for your involvement with the show, everybody. I really appreciate it. It's been a wonderful 2015 and a start, a wonderful strong start of 2016. Dave Hickey already with the gold star for 16 here in the new NFL season. The new NFL and Purple Mafia season you could say. Been quite a few years already. I started back in 92. I probably should have started in 85 or so, but as a 6-year-old. But uh, here I am, and here, there I was, a 13-year-old in 92. Late bloomer. Here I am all these years later. 24 years freaking later. Yeah, covering the Vikings on Purple Mafia now. Eight years of this, and then one year on YouTube even before that. Nine years following this team as an alternate media type of guy. Paladino Live on Yahoo, long, long ago in a galaxy far away, and they're still up there, they're still up there with goofy uh, video game reviews as well, stuff like that, <laughs> even uh, the legendary Chloe Cat, way down, the first videos I ever posted on YouTube, were tiny little 15 second old, old school cell phone, you know, flip phone cell phone camera uh, videos of Chloe the Cat in her final days, <laughs> way back in 07, yes sir, so thank you so much again for your listenership, apologize for my going all over the place, Mark likes it, some of you like it, some some of you might be like, okay, just end the show already, so God bless you, sorry for I'm taking too long, and do have a good one, we'll be back fairly soon, hopefully, to talk about the draft, uh, hopefully, it's, hopefully one more draft show, we'll see, just to kind of, I don't know, rehash some stuff, and bring in some new stuff, new thoughts, maybe new this guy's moved way up. This guy's down, blah, blah, blah. This guy, I'm really on this guy now. But as of this moment, Josh Doxson's my guy, and Eli Apple is a strong second if we look on the defensive side of the football. So thank you again so much. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll review the draft in May. I don't know if it's going to be that long, but we'll see. So April Fools, everybody. It's Triple Mafia. God bless you. Take care. <laughs>